ATC Docs. Right, so I have here Volker Wage. Nice. Volker Wolfgang. Volker Wolfgang Wage. Don't put that on your luggage. No, no, never again. <laughs> Can you please introduce uh, yourself to the listeners of the ABC Talks uh, a little bit? Tell us your story like in I don't know, one, two sentences. Like it's, a, it's always a little bit difficult, one or two sentences when okay, you've been around for 25 <laughs> or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I started out as a copywriter. I worked for Ogilvy and, uh, for 10 years and then for plenty of other agencies for another 10 years. And then I was making uh, the step towards being an independent person and now I'm helping marketing cope with agencies for my own little company. Uh, what's it called? Frage Antwort. Which is kind of, if you know German, Frage is my last like name, a, and it sounds so like Frage. Question and Exactly. Answer, answer, the German word answer. for Frage. Frage okay. is the one for question. Okay. Antwort is answer. But that would be spelled with an F, right? Exactly. But yeah, my business is about <laughs> questions and answers. It's always been. <laughs> Even in advertising. Good. So, and this year we have an honor of mm -hmm. having you here as a juror. It's my honor. Um, it's mutual. <laughs> Let's settle on that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as I promised, I want to ask you yeah. three simple or maybe not that simple um, questions. What helped you grow in your professional life? Mm -hmm. What maybe tampered your growth? Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you do something consciously trying to help others grow now that mm -hmm. you've all grown. <laughs> yeah. I have, I think. Uh, first of all, um, what helped me grow was um, partly luck in the beginning and partly uh, I understood what was the luck that I had uh, was my first the boss. The appreciation. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I basically thought, oh fuck, man, my f sorry for the language, but uh, my first agency, Ogilvy, I mean, you don't necessarily have the privilege of starting with such an agency within Germany uh, when, you know, as a junior copywriter, uh, and I, I was just happy, and I never really thought about um, the, the possibility that this could be a bad choice. Um, it was a good choice by accident, uh, simply because my first boss was a very... Um, good man, let's put it that way, simply. He was, from day one, I was allowed to have my own way of approaching copy, approaching creative concept. He supported me 100%. He didn't try to make me do things that he would have done. I did my own thing. And so I was growing like very freely in, in, in my first 10 years of advertising. So that was good luck. And uh, today, that's what I keep telling people, you don't you don't um, go to a company, you go to, to people, you go to persons. You, go, you choose your first boss and not your first company. So um, I had the luck, lots of people don't. That's so that was my advice, actually. <laughs> that was my, my big luck in the beginning, and I would, I would always say uh, make, it, make it a habit, choosing the right people. Um, what inhibited me in my growth as a professional, uh, partly myself, um, I was trying to I was shooting for the wrong things. For in the middle of my career, I wanted to be as quickly as I could, not as quickly as I, I just wanted to be like having a super cool title uh, with a super cool agency and having responsibility for a lot of people and being like important or whatever. 
you know it it lured me uh and and i was on the way and i was thinking yeah this is going well and i just need to make my next choice and the, and the first time i was really responsible for i don't know 40 50 creatives um it was the worst thing that ever happened to me because they didn't like me in the management i didn't get along with them it was a huge misunderstanding i was uh, going to the agency every morning knowing that uh, every single one of the people that are in responsibility there didn't want me there so that was a that was a that that was when i understood that i personally made a bad choice out of ambition um, what also kept me uh, from growing faster um, also myself <laughs> after learning that i i i was thinking, i i went back to what my first boss said you're going to be in this business for what 30 years or something like that if you are a creative director after five years uh cco after 10 years you're going to be bored for 20. you're not going anywhere else do you you know it's the the road is over after 10 years and then you do 20 years of stagnation and so, so he said, take it easy, take it easy, you know, and, and you don't have to just grow and grow and grow and get yourself, get yourself unhappy in the end, you know, so, what, so I slowed down afterwards and I was thinking I need to avoid bad people, bad environments, environments that keep me from growing and from becoming a better person in, in my profession. What also kept me, yeah, I mean, the assholes, <laughs> my, my topic today. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm happy today that, that I uh, had to confront them and had to endure them uh, because, I, you know, that's another very late understanding in my career. Um, you learn, you, if you only learn from the good things, you only learn half of what you are able to. So you got to crash at mm. some point <laughs> and you got to face the assholes at some point. So, um, and today I can say that most of the bad people that I encountered they're not in advertising anymore. Uh, Lucky I us. <laughs> I am, you know. So I endured them all by simply, you know, refusing to become a bad person in this business. So, um, or like an unbearable one. Uh, what kept me from growing? <laughs> the other stuff is like what kept everyone else growing. Lack of opportunity, bad markets, uh, uh, viruses uh, you know uh, the the whole corona thing killed 80 percent of my business i had to reinvent myself completely and and i did for the umptiest time in my career mm. i just you know had to find another way i was expecting you when you when you were talking about uh, growing and what helped you expecting at least one of the answers be uh, the amber yeah. which we discussed yesterday at Mavis. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a yes, yes, yes. Uh, in, 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 in several, at several points within my career, the people that hired me uh, hired me because I had the Berlin School in my, in my pocket. Uh, it's clearly an advantageous, advent, advantageous, whatever. It's an advantage yeah. to have it. Uh, it. It shows that you're able to do more than just, which is already a lot, great creative ideas. It shows that you have management skills, which usually creatives are not attributed with, you know. So yeah, the Emba, yes, and sometimes no, because um, I sometimes wonder, man, what is exactly the things that I learned? Um, and I guess <laughs> most of the things that really um, stuck 
intangible. They, they, yeah, I don't under, I don't, I probably don't know all of the things that I learned there that helped me today. Let's put it that way. But I'm not able to calculate the value of a company anymore. I, I did, I was able to do that for exactly one week during finance school. <laughs> <laughs> You were the second person yeah. that, when telling me the story of how you started yeah. uh, the Ember program, you said that you were at almost uh, the, the lowest of low and uh, yeah. it's, it's unlikely that yeah. people who are about to lose their jobs uh, would think of an investment uh, as big as, oh, yeah. as that. And there was another uh, classmate this year he graduated um, the the founder of the economy um mm -hmm. he said that he know went bankrupt and then yeah. that's why he started the ember program yes. and i was like well, it's i mean you're so low and then you think about ember at that yeah. point and that was very really interesting to me well it's you know it's um it's two observations here one um i was one of the the people within my class that financed the whole thing 100% from my own money. So if you put up, I don't know, 60,000 euros from your own money, uh, you know, you better make sure that you, you know, enjoy the whole ride every second, every second, every minute, every hour, every day, as much as possible. There were other people who were financed by their companies. And I, I saw very clearly that they were not as devoted, as dedicated, and as uh, passionate about the whole thing. So, um, why did I do it at the lowest of moments? Yes, it was. Uh, McCann just closed our office. I was, I was going to be unemployed. Um, but I was uh, thinking forward, that's because that's the only way you can really start thinking at that moment. I was thinking, I'm not the youngest guy in advertising anymore. I need to make sure that people who are looking for experienced people uh, see value in hiring me. And I was trying to increase that value. Um, and it sounds like a deal that I was making with myself and with the NBAR, but no, I, w I really wanted those skills to be able to do stuff that I wouldn't be able to do without it. Mm. And that there was another anecdote that I wanted to touch upon is yeah. uh, of you being a senior intern, <laughs> senior being intern. an intern at a digital agency yeah. at 50 plus. <laughs> the oldest intern on the planet. So uh, the, the curiosity, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like I, I wasn't digitally uh, able in, in, in advertising. I mean, I. I, I keep saying I'm that's a, a PR stunt. No. Uh, no, no, no. I was, I was. I, I keep saying I, I am one of the few digital natives that actually live in advertising because I define it as someone that was there when the internet was born. Uh, you know, I, I know it from day one and how it was supposed to be. Uh, so you know how it was supposed to be used and not as like uh, another channel to spread one cha one directional messages mm. so but uh, that doesn't necessarily make you someone that is versatile in the way digital is ideally used uh, you know in the 21st century so um, so I was thinking I might just spend a month with an agency that does it um, very deeply I mean these guys uh, they don't just they didn't just they didn't do banners or shit like that they didn't really go and in, get into doing websites, they were doing interactive um, innovation, basically. Um, 
and what how long is that ago like six years or something um, we weren't even yet talking about using chatbots um, in advertising or in um, like customer interaction I was writing a chatbot for Netflix in my in my little internship I would have never been able to, to you know experience this aside if I had done what I was doing by that time leading creative department somebody else would have done that sure so I was I was a lucky boy um, uh, for that one week in Berlin one month in Berlin um, being serious about being an intern um, and um, you know doing things that interns do except for making coffee um, <laughs> that was not, you know uh, no I felt it felt good and I would gladly do it again and if I ever find the time to, to spend another month in PR in um, interaction design or um, maybe not programming that's a little too far away from me and I saw how much I don't know about it when I was working for Leavingstone um, but you know there are parts of advertising that I don't know well enough I would do another internship no problem yeah, that's a nice segue to the next question, leaving stone. Because the next question, or the last one, was, you yeah, know, what do you do to mentor grow. and help others grow? Yeah. And I know you've uh, been with Leavingstone, uh, yeah. helping them out in Georgia. It's um, it's my way of doing it. Um, it's a it's a it, you know I I didn't see it as an opportunity for me or something like it didn't start like that absolutely not I was going to be out of Havas back mm -hmm. in those days uh, we had already decided to you know separate and I met Levan the CCO at uh, at a festival in Lviv um, actually the one where I was talking about Astros. <laughs> uh, and he was the op absolute opposite, the most humble person on the planet. He was embarrassed uh, by the whole, the huge uh, success they were having at the festival. And so we got talking and, um, and I saw that there is like uh, this, this total gem of an agency in this total obscure country, um, winning lions. And I was like totally interested in how they do that. Um, and, um, and soon enough, he was calling me and saying, uh, I have this problem, our agency, we're 110 people, uh, it's super hard to manage it, we don't know how, we never learned it, and um, can you help us? And, um, you know, living in Switzerland and going over to Georgia to help them, uh, <laughs> you, you can imagine what, you know, the financial side of this. It's, it's basically impossible, but I was so intrigued by what they are doing and how they're doing it and I was so uh, willing and and I was it, I felt an urge to help them on um, and yes that's probably the deepest kind of mentorship you can have <laughs> uh, you know they they told me we, we give you what a CEO in, in Georgia would normally get which is kind of like 20% of what I need to live in Switzerland but I didn't care I, I wanted that experience to work with these guys I wanted to be in Georgia and see how things work over there how what I can learn from them and and what they can learn from me and um, it went from six weeks to uh, a project with uh, the EBRD this bank that supports you know countries in that region on projects to being their CEO for a while um, yes it it wasn't very lucrative 
but it was uh, very gratifying. And and my general attitude towards helping others is just basically keeping an open ear and and open eyes to who I encounter. And if someone wants my advice, if somebody wants my help, I give it if I can. It's, I think it's most uh, rewarding for me. Like that's how I got into. You know, I I know the times are bad for this kind of friendship. You know, but that's how I got into. Uh, White Square in, in Belarus. Mm -hmm. These guys were very, very, very uh, eager to learn. And they listened to me much, much more than any Western European would ever have listened to. Uh, in Germany, they think, sorry, my fellow countrymen, but um, <laughs> in Germany, they have a tendency of thinking they know everything and they can do everything. And I like to work with people that know they don't know everything and they want to learn and they want to develop. And if I have something that helps that, I do it. That's good. The observation that I have listening to you is, um, is an interesting one. I, I just realized I have it. <laughs> it's like going forward for you is sometimes ac means actually going back. Yeah. Going back to being an intern, going back to a, oh. an, a market uh, that is less developed, but then that's where you learn and grow. Yeah. So at, at a certain point, when you think that that's it, that's the peak, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, CCO, the that's it. <laughs> that's where and you, then yeah. there actually is space for growth if you start helping others grow. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's always a very, very, very um, individual observation and very subjective thinking that you're at the top. There is no top. <laughs> there is absolutely no sure top that. nowhere. And um, you're totally right in a way. I mean, my, my biggest steps forward have always come from failures in a way or from disaster. Um, I, I, my, one of the observations that I've had is um, uh, I gotta admit here uh, I was fired four times during my career and um, I was always happy for that because <laughs> it was ending something that was painful. Um, but every single time I was let go somewhere, the next thing that I did was better uh, in, in, you know, more interesting. I was, you know, I was get going out and making a step upwards um, in responsibility or in or I was making a step towards uh, from from direct marketing to advertising, from advertising to shopper marketing, from shopper marketing to digital, uh, and you know. So I was like always like um, extending myself in a way, you know, and um, going from Germany to Switzerland to Turkey to Georgia, uh, having lived in the U.S. and all of these things. It's sort of like um, it's it's building myself in a certain way, and and the same goes for people. Uh, every single person adds something to to my uh, individual, to my personality, to my professional um, portfolio, whatever you want to say. You know, I don't think in those terms. But um, going back, is a you're right. There's there's a certain truth to this. Um, because you don't go back to where you've been before. You go back to, like, for example, to Georgia, and the way they, you know, I was, sorry for the, I'm, I'm talking more than I should, but. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's, I was always on wondering, forever. why is it possible that in a country like Georgia, 
um, for a company that has a hundred weird creatives working for them, um, that they win lions and that they have this 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 like super great output. And and I was wondering, you know, because they don't have email or hardly used it. Uh, they didn't have like servers where the you know they would put everything up on Google uh, clouds and, and then they were talking to the clients on Facebook chats and there were no forms no papers for briefs and you know client contact reports or something like that they didn't use any of the things that I found totally un indispensable for my work all the the elements that I thought are needed like the structural elements they didn't have that but did you try to change that or did at you first embrace was, it and at first i was saying how can you work like this <laughs> and uh, i was trying to explain how we do it in in switzerland or in germany you know and and they were looking at me always like yeah that's okay interesting <laughs> you know <laughs> and um, and i was trying to and at, a, at one point i understood well, who am i to tell them that they should be working in a different way when they've been working like this for 10 years every year profitable uh, you know highly creative and, and successful how am i supposed to tell them that they're doing things wrong um, it's just the way they do it and I, 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 I should rather be going there to look at how they do it and if there is something that that i didn't understand yet because i was you know brought up in a different environment in, in business in in germany people couldn't work like that for five minutes and and i <laughs> had to understand that the georgians couldn't work like jordan like germans very well they had to because they wanted to work with german companies you know so i had to say you know the way you work right here you cannot work with siemens like that mm. you know so they had to sort of adapt and that's where i was needed but I was trying to really understand how they can be successful in this completely different setup. Another observation, if I may. Mm -hmm. You said that in the beginning of your career, your first boss, you were lucky with the first boss yep. who allowed you to be who you are, didn't, mm -hmm. ha didn't want to shape you in his image. It, now that you were telling me the story about leaving stuff, so, yeah. oh, so you kind of did the same. Yeah. <laughs> you first you, you had the urge, but then you stopped. No, I let them go. So, um, <laughs> it was kind of similar when I went to Istanbul for McCann, because the agency was in, in, in like very, very, very big distress. They were disintegrating. Really. Mm -hmm. All of the management had already left. So they sent this British guy and me in to, you know, sort of save what, what could be saved. and. Um, and I remember when, when I got in, um, uh, it was very strange because I, I walked into the creative department and it felt like a graveyard. It was the quietest, most depressed place I've ever been to. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, literally, you could, you could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet and, and I saw the faces and I saw uh, frustration and um, fear and uh, disillusionment. and. Um, and I later talked to my, one of my creative directors and, and he said, um, I didn't really understand what you were doing in the first weeks. <laughs> and, and I said, well, what's, what was the problem? And, and he said, you really didn't do much. And I said, um, no, uh, because wh what am I, who am I to go and, and tell you guys that I just met that you don't know enough, well enough to do better advertising and to be a better, more successful company? They, I, I went in front of the, those guys the first week and I told them, you're working for McCann, which is not just 
any agency on the planet. So somebody at McCann looked at your CV and your, you know, your personality and all the things that you have to bring to the game, and they decided that you're good enough to work for McCann. So you cannot be idiots. You cannot be untalented, um, worthless beings. It's impossible. You guys are talented. You know how to do it. You've shown it. Um, and, and all you need right now is just to, to understand this and to do what you do best. I'm not here to teach them. I'm not there to, to you know, pull out the whip <laughs> and, you know, and, and make them go. I just, I, I had to give them confidence and, 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 um, and a, a sense of calm, you know, that, that I'm not going to be, not, I'm not there to fire them or to look at every single one of them and see whether they're good enough or if not they need to be fired or something. I was, I was immediately on the set saying, you're at McCann, you cannot be bad people. Ted Lasso. That, that's <laughs> but that's tr the truth yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the very very simple truth and and he said in that final talk we had that it took him quite a long time to understand that it was all about uh, you know being confident and and being um, not necessarily confident and like oh, I'm great you know but in in this way of I can relax you know I have everything it takes to keep working here I have everything it takes to turn this shithole because they were like really in bad shape into a, a good place that is fun and that is um, successful. And I remember in the end, uh, you know, there were many more people in the department and it was very loud. <laughs> uh, and um, um, and I, I, I also remember my very last day when, uh, you know, they, I, I cried like a dog. Uh, they were giving me like five minutes standing ovations and I was standing right in the middle of the group and I was like crying my ass off you know because it was so sad to have to go but it was so touching to be uh, you know like um, rewarded in this in this very emotional way you know and so that makes you grow yes and that gives you again also the kind of confidence so yes I, I receive it even now you know um, even though sometimes things go wrong uh, you know, Corona killed the Leaving Stone project completely, and it's sad, uh, but we're still friends, and I still help, help them as much as I can. Um, and if somebody approaches me here at the festival and wants to know something or wants some kind of advice, I'm there. Yeah, a small interview, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't think very much of myself professionally. I'm just a... I'm just a guy who does what, what he can do best as much as possible. That's probably one of the most important advices. You know, don't try to do something that you're not good at. Uh, you know, to find the stuff that you're really, really good at. And it's not always the same. Over the course of the career, the things that you're good at, they change. And um, the environments that you need to be able to be good, they also change. You know, so today what I'm doing has nothing to do with what I did 10 years ago. What I did 10 years ago had nothing to do, not much, let's put it that way, with what I did 20 years ago. So there's constant change, and that's the most rewarding thing in itself. Change is what we need, every single one of us. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> you, you, you taught me something today about, you know, this going back to be smarter, uh, going back to learn and going back to 
start something new, going back to put yourself in a different environment and grow again from there. Good one. <laughs> Did I have an intention in teaching today? But it worked okay. Ah, no, now we learn from each I'm other. I'm learning. Yeah, you know. You know. While again, listening. that's why this is so important. What you're doing, um, you learn from conversation so much. I think this is the best ever. Um, I, when I call my client or he calls me, you know, sometimes it's just about a small thing. You know, he wants to remind me of something or ask for something and. Sometimes we sit there for half an hour, you know, talking um, because we are looking at what we're doing and we keep reflecting it and we keep talking about it. And uh, we're always like questioning the strategy, not because we're not happy with it, but, be you know, we keep looking at things with every single conversation. And I feel much, much more safe in what we do. I feel, feel much more safe working with him or any other client just because we're talking about it. Actually, that's why I started doing this. Yeah. I mean, I found myself having these amazing conversations, yeah. these eye-opening conversations yeah. uh, with amazing people that I had the you know dumb luck or the <laughs> privilege or whatever to meet. And I was like, wow, I, it's a pity I can't retell them uh, mm -hmm. word by word. It's a pity nobody else can experience this. So maybe there's a format and I was like, oh, I can yeah. try and do this, although I never considered myself of being, you know, an, uh, an interviewer, a journalist, or whatever. but then it's, now it's, uh, what, the third season that I'm doing this? Can't be bad. Uh, I don't know, it's... <laughs> no, it's a, it's a very good platform, and like I said, conversation is the thing. Um, I also said this, you know, that was one of my main things at Leavingstone as well. I said, you guys, you don't talk to each other enough. All of the departments were sitting on their floors and in their rooms and, you know, and, and they were hardly visiting each other, talking. And I said, you guys, you don't talk enough. You look at each other in the management meeting like you're meeting each other for the first time in your lives. I don't understand that. You know? I said, you got to talk. And listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's another, yeah. I mean, that's not from me, but, you know, and, and listen with the intent of understanding. <laughs> you know, listen, listening with the intent of understanding, not with the intent of uh, forming a good and clever reply. You know? So there is also a difference in listening and really listening. That I'm still learning. Yeah. Thank you. You're <laughs> teaching me that. <laughs> oh, there's so much. There's so much. One last thing, uh, you know, and that, that because we're in this super young environment here, I was looking at all of the people who are going for lunch and I said, man, I could be the father of every single one of those people who are lining up here for lunch and they're working here, you know, so... Um, cyber City, we are at Cyber uh, yeah, City, cyber by the way. City, exactly, <laughs> uh, where the future starts working. Uh, I remember this guy from, was it, I think Toyota mm -hmm. in, in Japan, at Berlin School, um, who said, um, I have a rule, if a young person tells me the same thing for the third time, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and he said, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, um, a young person uh, has a different you know, view on things by definition. So he said, if that person tells me th something once that we should be doing this and this and this, or I think this is, this is bad or good or whatever, you know, okay, I, sh I appreciate it. <laughs> if that person tells it again, 
you know, I'm like, uh, maybe I should take this a little bit more serious, what that person is telling me, you know. And by the third time, and especially if I hear it from other people as well, uh, I know that whatever I'm thinking about the topic may not be um, the right thing anymore. Mm. Maybe may have been the right thing 10, 15 years ago. Things might have changed, so I better listen to these young people in order to understand how things are done these days. You know, and uh, I find that interesting. I still find it sometimes a little bit difficult. I work with very young people in, uh, in you know, my agency set up uh, with my biggest client, and um, it sometimes tests my patience. <laughs> <laughs> And it sometimes is difficult to not be valued for the uh, um, experience that, you know, someone like us has gathered over the decades. Because just because you're young, you don't know shit much better than everybody else. Um, <laughs> you know, there's two, two sides to this. And, and I'm happy to listen, but I'm also happy when young people are happy to listen as well. So... The way we approach communication, the way we approach advertising, the way we um, insist on having conversations rather than just sending out a message and hoping for people to listen. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that people don't understand these days. It's, everything is just one-way communication. The internet is not used for conversation or for interaction. It's used for spreading, spreading messages with the hope of someone listening. Mm -hmm. It's not working. So that's that's my slightly ambivalent. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, say some, to you. something positive to, uh, to, to end because uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, minor. Something positive, <laughs> major. Yeah, we need to. Uh, I think that the 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 thing that really really separates the good from the bad is, apart from honesty and all of these things, is optimism. So that is, that is probably the best possible closing message. Uh, and even if this world is, um, you know, turning to shit by the minute and at the moment, you know, with things going on in the Middle East and things going on, uh, you know, a little bit uh, southeast of here, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, and we probably have to face the, the possibility of another horrible president, you know, uh, in, the, in the U.S., no, I'm a total optimist that in the end, and I don't know when that end will be, uh, when that moment will come, the good people will be on top. And with that, <laughs> we're going to end. <laughs> Thank you. That Thank was, you. That was lovely. Thank you. Hey, DC.